This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. So today I'm going to be talking about um, giving up thanks, Thanksgiving. And, you know, I know a lot of times we speak about, you know, many of these new creation realities. We speak about who you are in Christ. We speak about what, you know, God has done for us and stuff like that. But this is just something I thought um, I'll talk about today. Because just by observation, worldwide, there is like a worldwide like despair, like a new, you know, people, different geographical, geographical locations have their like, there are things they are struggling with, you know, in Africa, we have the things we are struggling with in some parts of the West, you know, here and there, they have different things they complain about, the politics, the base, the that, you know, almost like people bond more over complaints nowadays than any other positive thing. So I just thought, you know, let's talk about giving up thanks, you know, in spite of all that. You know, one, one of the things I like about some countries like America and Canada is that they have a holiday called Thanksgiving. I think it's around November or so. I remember the, one of the first days I heard of that, I, I was actually impressed because I just liked the idea that, you know, you dedicate one day, you know, in the, in the entire year to that uh, the whole country gives thanks. And something that just makes me, you know, it's just nice, you know, like, just let's give thanks let's give thanks ideally it's we should we need more than one day but just having at least one you know dedicated to that makes sense you know so thanksgiving is very important you know if you look at if you've read the episodes very well you know when you read that um, paul's letter you notice that he's always giving thanks you know gives thanks to god for this for that thanks be unto god for this for that you know you know just in typing i, I realized he spoke about giving thanks at least 46 times in the New Testament. He was always all about giving thanks. He was a very thankful fellow. You know, that was Apostle Paul. But it wasn't just Paul. Even Jesus was um, very big on thanksgiving. Amen. You know, it was, it was very important to him. Even though he was God, you know, he still always gave thanks to the Father. You know, when he was about to do the miracle of like the bread and fish, he gave thanks first. You know, when it was like during the last supper, I give thanks before eating, give thanks. You know, I thank, I thank you, God, because you always hear me. You know, that was um, shortly towards the time of his death. I thank you, Father, because you always hear me. So that was his pattern, like almost every day, just giving thanks for the meal, for this, for that, you know. So it was a lifestyle, a mindset, and that's like the heritage that was um, delivered unto us. Let's look at the story quickly as I start. I hope I finish on time so that I will just have enough time to do some of these things, to just give thanks practically before the time is closed, but we'll see about that. But let's look at the story in Luke 17. Um, I'll read from verse 11. You know, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, this he was Jesus Christ now, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know, they cried, you know, to Jesus. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. 
And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Just to understand this accurately, they were still on the way to obey Jesus' instructions. You know, he said they should go to the priests. They were on the way when they got healed. Amen. And the Bible says, let me read on. It says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? You know, I'm sure by now we understand why Jesus was surprised because it just didn't make sense to him. I literally, like you guys, like you guys were begging me, um, were pleading for mercy right now. I healed you. It's barely, I'm sure, I don't know how long. It couldn't have been too long. On your way there, you get healed and you've already forgotten immediately that only one person you know, had the presence of mind to think, ah, I need to go back to, you know, give thanks for this. So Jesus was surprised because as, as far as he was concerned, that is just normal. That is what was his lifestyle. You know, I said about how he's always giving thanks. He says, were there not ten cleansed? Or where are the nine? I remember these were lepers. They were out, outcasts, hopeless. You know, that's why they cried for mercy. But only one out of ten. You know, from that story, we can surmise that about maybe 10% of people are actually grateful. You know, if you just use that, I'm not saying, oh, you're using this in a very scientific way, but, you know, out of 10 people, you know, I suspect that even in reality, about 10% of people actually cultivate a thankful spirit, you know, a grateful spirit, you know, or better still, a small minority, praise God. So you can begin to look at yourself in general. What category do you fall into? The 90%? But the 10% who, you know, comes, who came back. I'm sure the 90% already, I'm huge. Let me look for the next, you know, thing to do. Just for God. Praise the Lord. That's how people are. You know, that's how people are even till today. You know, and it's even very, li- very likely worse today. Because if you read 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, Paul warned about some people. You know, he says, but know this. That in the last days, very lost times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. You know, this is where I'm going. And I kept on seeing so many other vices. You know, it says unthankful. It says in the last days, this is one of the things you'll find. You know, and that's one of the things we see today. People are very entitled. People are very discontent. They grumble. You know, I read something... Um, a few a while ago about how the average person who lives nowadays lives better than the richest people 200 years ago you understand like for example they maybe they rode maybe a thousand years ago they rode horses now we have cars you know they didn't have color tv they didn't have refrigerators you know just a normal person but there is there has been a progressive discontent we live large related to some people in the past but that's just been that. We don't see our blessings, praise the Lord. You know, so it says in the last days, very lost times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Amen. Unthankful. You know, so where does this come from? You know, it comes from the wrong focus, focusing on the wrong thing. You know, when you begin to focus on yourself, when you focus on your vain aspirations, on, oh, this thing, I still want to do that thing, 
and not on God. That's when unthankfulness comes in. You know, that's when you begin to see that God is not doing enough in my life. You know, you begin to feel entitled. You become hard. You become bitter inside. You become unthankful. Praise God. He says, no, this, uh, that's the second Timothy I read earlier. He says, this know also, that in the last days, very lost times shall come. For men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, unthankful, unholy. If you notice in this group, group of vices, Paul listed, all of those things, they are all like self-sins, mostly, you know, virtuous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, you know, all of those things. Because when you find one, you usually would find the others. Praise God. You know, and not only that, such vices, you know, the discontent, the bitterness, you know, it's, 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 it's fuels thanklessness. That's, well, I don't even know if there's a word like thanklessness, but it also spills into other vital areas of our lives. You know, begin to doubt God's word. You know, and, and then Satan takes advantage. Praise God. Romans 1. Let's just look at Romans 1 quickly. Romans 1 verse 20. You know, the Bible says, on verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, you know, understood by the things that were made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. No were thankful. What became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. He says of these people, he says, there were a group of people, they had known about God's truth. They had even practiced his way of life and all of that, but they were not thankful for it. You know, they rejected it. It was not enough. It seems to be enough. And then he says, they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Praise God. You know, so, they had known about these things, but they became proud, discontent. You know, his provisions, God's provisions in his word, they ceased to be enough. You know, this is the same thing that happened with Eve, you know, in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any of the other beasts of the field. And the one the serpent came to Eve and she said, Has God said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? You know, and if you read on to like verse 6, she, the serpent, you know, just managed to convince Eve. And if you notice verse 6, it says, And when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Praise the Lord. So she began to see the fruit. This fruit is good now. This, this is nice fruit now. You know, she began to doubt God's provisions. She began to lose focus. You know, God had prepared a special place for them in the, in the garden. Just a few instructions to follow. Don't eat this. Don't eat just a few. It was a, it was a wonderful place, perfect place. But it wasn't enough for her. Praise God. You know, so a heart of thanksgiving. When when you when you you, you don't have a heart of thanksgiving, it gives rise to a heart of discontent. You begin to think, ah, why is he withholding such a good-looking fruit? This God must not really like us. He must not know. You begin to think you know better. You begin to think, oh, there, is, there must be something better. That God is withholding something. You begin to doubt God's word on your life. Praise the Lord. But she had forgotten that it's God we are talking about. Praise God. When we are dealing with God, we would always be an eternal beneficiary. He knows better. He has been here longer. And he created us. Praise the Lord. You know, if you read 1 Corinthians 4 and 7, it says, what do you have that you do not receive? 
And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Praise the Lord. That's the attitude. That was Paul's attitude. Everything is, 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 is of God. The cattle on a thousand hills are far of God. So the focus is on the right place. We see things in the right perspective. Praise God. If you know anyone here, if you have young children, teach them from a younger age, from a tender age, to be thankful. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a scourge now and this. Tell them to say thank you. Any little thing, you know, a piece of candy or this, say thank you. You know, let them overdo it. You know, both to men, but especially to God, our Creator. We say thank you all of the time. We are thankful. Praise the Lord. You know, and then, you know, some may be listening to this and they may be thinking, oh, uh, thankfulness, thankfulness. We know it's good, but it's, it's easy for you to say because you don't know my struggles. You don't know the things that I've been waiting on God for, that has not happened yet. You don't know the struggles. Oh, I lost my job. I did this. I... That, that's not the point. When we say thanks, it's not because we think we don't have problems. Only human being doesn't have problems. You know, no, it's it's beyond that. Praise God. Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's a summary. In all circumstances. It says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In the worst situations, we must learn to first say, Father, I thank you. You know, we practice something about you just got the, a bad news for anything. Just say thank you first. Praise the Lord. It's an attitude of faith and trust. You know, no matter the situation, if you look hard enough, you will usually find something, something to be thankful for first. Just or even if you can't think, just say thank you, God, first. You know, because I'm your son, at least I'm your son, I'm saved. Thank you. Because this didn't surprise you. Praise the Lord. So no matter the situation, it's not about all oh, good things in, in any situation. It says in all circumstances. You know, there's a man, Matthew Henry, I don't know if some of us know he was an older pastor then. Once he was robbed by thieves, you know, and then they stole his wallet. And then he wrote in his diary, he says, let me be thankful first <laughs> because I was never robbed before. This is my first time I've been robbed. Second reason for being thankful is that although they took my wallet, they, they did not take my life. Third reason is that although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth reason, he said he was thankful because it was I, I who was robbed and not I who robbed. So he's thanking God that I'm not like that. Praise God. And that's, that's just the right attitude. And it's not to say that maybe he wasn't, he wasn't hurt by that or he didn't lose money for his rent or whatever, but he was just thankful. You know, just to illustrate the fact that you can always find reason, you know, to be thankful, you know, in all circumstances. Praise God. Here Paul, it says, I read it, he says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In everything, both the good and the bad. You know, the same Paul in Philippians 4 and 11, he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Many people look at this verse and just think, oh, I can do all things. Oh, I can, I can go to Mars. I can go to Saturn. I can... No. It's just speaking in respect of what he said before. It's saying that I can do all things. I can, in, I can abase. I'm able to abase and to abound. I'm able to... <laughs> Ministry continues, so whether I, I, I don't have or I have, that's the, that's the force of 
what he was saying here. You know, he says, you know, whatever circumstance, you know, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and facing hunger, abundance and need. Praise the Lord. So that was his attitude. So you must have such an attitude to an attitude of contentment, of, of thankfulness, irrespective of our situation. You must try to maintain a heart, a pure heart, continually. You know, 1 Timothy 6, 6 says, uh, for godliness with contentment is great gain. Praise the Lord. So we are thankful. You know, we live purely with a pure heart. Philippians 2 and 14, it says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Praise the Lord. You know, um, as we begin to pray now, let's just take a break. You know, Philippians 14 and, th- 14 and 30 says, a, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bone. A heart at peace. A heart, a heart at peace. Praise the Lord. I put it to you today that thankfulness, many of the things we are dealing with in our lives individually, thankfulness will cure a lot of them. It's a cure for many sins in the Bible. You know, at this point, let's just take a break and just give God thanks for the word so far. You know, make a commitment afresh to be thankful, to focus on the right things, you know, and not yourself. Just just thank him, thinking. Uh, we still have, you know, more opportunity, but let's just continue. So we spoke about thanking and how it's important and how that, you know, that was, that's the heritage that was delivered unto us. You know, Paul was always giving things for this, for that. You know, I was just looking at it um, earlier today and I'm like, everything, you know, just always giving thanks, you know. But the next question is, how do we give thanks? You know, is there is there are there things we need to keep in mind as we as we do this? You know, and I'll, and I'll focus on three three things. Uh, um, three things. How should we thank God? First of all, we must offer our thanksgiving deliberately as a spiritual sacrifice. Praise God. We must offer it deliberately as a spiritual sacrifice. You know, Jonah two. If you can open to Jonah 2 quickly, verse 8. Verse 8 to verse 9. It says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. Praise God. He says, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of, of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. You know, so it means he must have vowed at some point that this is what I'm going to be doing. You know, he says, I will pay that. You know, he gave it as a sacrifice. You know, something similar in um, Psalm 116, verse 17. He says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I will call upon the name of the Lord. He says, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So that's how we, we, we should view it. You know, Psalm 50, verse 12. He says, if I were hungry, I will not tell thee, you know, um, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Praise the Lord. So here you see the same recurring thing. There's still a few other verses like that, but I just um, don't want to uh, belabor us with that. But, you know, speaking about the sacrifice of thanksgiving, what is the origin of this? What does it even mean? You know, the, the first mention of this in the Bible of thanksgiving as a sacrifice, the origin of it is actually found in Leviticus. Leviticus 7, um, chapter 7, verse 11. 
you know, if you read all, all down to all the way to 15, you know, and if you read it closely, the verses indicate that this that was actually a real sacrifice of thanksgiving in those days. You know, it was actually a peace offering motivated by thanksgiving. You know, so they would um they would sacrifice an animal, you know, there would also be so many like cereal, bread offerings, so many things like that, and they would sacrifice it to God. But this sacrifice was a bit different from the other sacrifices because, first of all, it was a voluntary offering. You know, it was not prescribed or required by God. Praise God. It was the, the worshiper would offer those things voluntarily to God as a thanksgiving offering. Amen. And usually what's happened is just almost like he's just motivated to express thanksgiving in a special way and he just sacrificed it. Praise the Lord. But God did not. Um, prescribe it or do not force anyone. That's the first thing to note about that old um, Leviticus um, Thanksgiving offering. The second thing to note is that apart from sacrificing to God, or like many of the other sacrifices, they will now share the animal among the Lord, the priest, and the worshipper himself. You know, or like many of the other sacrifices, you know, where they were, uh, they were consumed on the altar and all of that. This one, the person who was worshipping would also eat out of it. Praise God. And the third thing about this sacrifice was that, you know, you can look at it in Leviticus 7, 11 to 15. The third thing about the sacrifice was that after the Lord and the priest received their portions, the worshipper who brought the sacrifice would now take the remaining portions, you know, of the meat and the bread, and now prepare a feast with it. And then he would invite members of the family friends and people like that to eat the rest it was it was like a celebratory type of thing and you know everyone would just be it was a communal thing praise the lord so we know that there's just a few uh, things to learn about this you know we know that we don't do that again we don't sacrifice animals again you know we are now we've left the old testament the old testament is now um, has been replaced by a new covenant we deal with god differently but remember that many of those things were types and shadows, you know, they were like allegories, they were symbolism. So even though we don't kill animals anymore, we have something better, it has been replaced, but many of those flavors still remain. Praise God. You know, so God doesn't demand um, animals again or, you know, and all of that. But there are some things about Thanksgiving that still make it an offering. First of all, as I said, I said it was voluntary. Same way right now, it is voluntary in the New Testament. We give a sacrifice of thanksgiving voluntarily. Why? Because we love him. You know, we say, oh, this is my vow. You know, like David said in Psalm 50, this is, I would repay him my vow of thanksgiving. You know, it was voluntary. So we give, we, we thank God voluntarily. Number two, I said, the Lord, the priest, and the worshiper himself partake of the, of the um, peace offering, of the thanksgiving offering. We also partake of this thanksgiving, meaning we benefit from it. That's the important thing I wanted to bring out of this. So the person who gives God thanks continually, he benefits from it. One way or the other, it's not just about God now. It, 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 it improves you. It gives you more vitality. Praise the Lord. You know, it gives you a deepened sense of communion with God, a nearness to God, a sense of nearness to God. Why? Because you're always giving the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Number three, the Bible says, 
according to the Levit- Levitical pattern, that they would share some of it with some of the members of family and friends. When you have an attitude of thanksgiving, and if you know people like that, you can usually see the evidence around them. You know, someone who gives thanks continually is the kind of person you want in your cell meeting, in your local church, around you, because you can always see the benefits. Praise God. So it's beyond just a sacrifice to God. It's something that benefits all and sundry. Praise God. So if you remember where we are coming from, I said that's one of the hows of Thanksgiving. You must see it as a deliberate spiritual sacrifice. You know, and I hope I like um, summarize that quickly by going to Leviticus. Number two, apart from seeing it as a deliberate sacrifice, we must do it continually. Amen. It must not be a once in a while occurrence. It must be continual. In the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, it says, For this cause also, we thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as a word of men, but as a truth, the word of God which effectually works, works in also in um, you that believe. It says we give, we thank God without ceasing. You know, I thought it was pray, pray without ceasing. No, it says here to we thank God without ceasing. So we do it continually. You know, it's not just pray without it. We thank God. In fact, when you pray, the praying and the thanking God go hand in hand. They are usually done together. Real prayer is not complete without thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. You know, that's why Philippians 4 and 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So the prayer and supplication is not complete until then you've given thanks. Praise the Lord. You know, First Thessalonians 5 and 6, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. It says, For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So it must be done continually, all of the time, again and again, and again and again. Praise the Lord. You know, if you remember the... the the angels in Revelation 4 and 18 says, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and, and is to come. Praise the Lord. They were all this, you know, this is speaking about the 24 elders who always continually give thanks to God. That is the pattern we must follow. Praise the Lord, all of the time, continually. Praise the Lord. You know, that's why David was saying Psalm 119, verse 62, he says, At midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteousness at midnight, all of the time. It's a habit. Hallelujah. So that's... Oh, sorry. You know, give thanks. Um, Let the... I said number three, we must give him thanks with an attitude. You know, not, not like someone is forcing you to give God thanks or anything. You know, give thanks, let the joy overflow from within you. You know, use instruments, use your voice, sing sonorously if you can. Give thanks, just be, be glad in your heart. It matters. Praise the Lord. You know, Psalm 92 verse 1, he says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute, on the harp, with harmonious sound. Give thanks. If you know how to play the piano, just just play it in the evening and give thanks. 
you know, think back all the things that he may have done, things that he had to do. Just give thanks. Just express your heart to him. Give him thanks with an attitude. That's the third thing. You know, both Paul and James, they even encourage us to sing. You know, Ephesians 5 and 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine, wearing his excess, excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak into yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, giving thanks always. It says, speaking to yourself in psalms. You know, maybe you're in the store, you're in the gas station, a psalm just pops up in your heart, a psalm of thanksgiving. Give expression to that. It's a sacrifice of praise. It builds your communion. So we do, we do it with an attitude. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in James 5 and 13, it says, is any man amongst you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merit? Let him sing psalms. Sing psalms. Give, give thanks unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, next, I'm going to talk about, about the how, just using three quick headlines. Next, as we begin to pray, I will pray about each of these things. You know, um, if you have maybe the soundtrack behind, just play for the next 15 minutes or something so that we can maximize this because I really want us to just do this before we leave. You know, I'll be leading us on, thing, on some things that we will give thank God thanks for right now. You know, very short. You know, um, we'll just look at a few. There are hundreds of things that we can give God thanks for. But I'll just talk about nine or ten or so. You know, um, most of this would be from the Psalms because for some reason, David, almost like David had a revelation of thanksgiving. In most of the Psalms, he was always giving thanks. You just saw it in a different way. So, for that reason, I'll be talking about, I'll be referring to many of the Psalms. You know, David understood it. In the Psalms, he gave, he was in demonstration. So, first of all, what do we give thank God thanks for? The first thing I want to say is that it's not even so much of, about the what, but the why. We give thanks because it's good, first of all. You know, Psalm 92, verse 1, it says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name almost high. So we should give thanks to him first because it is a good thing for us to do. Praise the Lord. He doesn't need our thanks. The Bible says that the cattle on a thousand hills are his. He doesn't need it. You know, something similar was you know said by I mean um, by Luke in Acts 17. He doesn't need all of this. But we give thanks because it is logical, it is good, it is it is the right thing to do. Let's just go ahead and give thanks for the next few minutes. Psalm 100.
This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Number two reason why we give God thanks, because He is God. In Psalm 100, verse 3 to 4, it says, Know that the Lord he is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And he goes on, he says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. We enter his praise because he's no ordinary person. He's not your mate. He is God. He says, It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Bible says in Acts 17, verse 24, it says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is this served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all, gives to all mankind life, and the breath and everything. Praise the Lord. I hope just, I hope, you, I hope just by hearing this, we know that he doesn't need all of this. He created us. He knows all. He has seen you. You know, he has you in the palm of his hands. So we give him thanks because he is God, because of who he is. The Bible says he gave us the breath in our nostrils. Praise the Lord. Psalm 50 verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountain, and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Then he goes and says, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows to the Most High. Give him the praise that he deserves. Praise the Lord. So let's just give him thanks because he's God for the next few minutes again. Oh, shit. What else do we give God thanks for? We thank him for his gift of salvation. Praise God. Because we are saved. I don't know if it sometimes dawns on us because sometimes I, I think about it like if I wasn't saved, like there will be no... It will be empty. There will be no point in all of it. That's the reason for my confidence. That's the reason I can wake up in the morning. There will just be no point. Praise the Lord. So we thank him for his gift of salvation. The Bible says in Psalm 95 verse 1, it says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with the songs of praise. Praise the Lord. You know, Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You know, if you read the following verses, you realize that those spiritual blessings are not necessarily car and all these things. They are mostly, you know, that's why it says spiritual blessings, all encapsulated in our salvation. Praise the Lord. It says he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's another thing to thank him for. You know, just in case we don't know what to thank him for, we are aware to have it. Thank him because you are saved. Thank him because you are his own. Thank you because you are his son. Just go ahead and thank him for the next few seconds. What else do we thank him for? You know, like I said earlier, you know, look at the Psalms. Psalm, we thank him for his eternal love. You know, Psalm 107 verse 21, it says, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous, wondrous works to the children of men. Praise the God. You know, 1 John 3 and 1, it says, See what, what manner of love, of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the Son. As he is, so are we. You know, 
that's another thing to thank him for. You know, not else because of time. We thank him for his presence. Because we have his presence, because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. You know, Matthew 28 and 20, uh, and 20 says, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the day. That's something to be grateful for. You know, no matter our state, no matter where we are, God is always with us. Praise the Lord. Psalm 130 verse 13, it says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible says in John 11, just shortly after Jesus Christ was raised as he was leaving the tomb, he says, I thank you, my Father. I'm paraphrasing now. Because you hear me always. You know, we can pray the same prayer right now too. We can thank him because he hears us always. Why? Because of who we are in Christ. Because of what he has done. So that's something to thank him for. You know, there are hundreds of things. I'm just going to remind us of a few things so that um, we are never short of things to thank him for. You know, what else do we thank him for? We thank him for his help. You know, David said in Psalm 28 verse 7, he says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart will trust and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I will give him thanks. Praise the Lord. Thank him because you always have help. You are never alone. Whatever it is you are dealing with, you have an ally. And not just an ally, the best ally ever. Praise God. We can thank him for that as well. Thank him. Thank him continually. Irrespective of us, thank him again and again. What else can we thank him for? You know, thank him for your children, if you have children. If you have grandchildren, thank him for them. Praise the Lord. Thank him for them. And the Bible says, children are a heritage of the Lord. You don't. They're a heritage of the Lord. And the Bible says of Jesus, of Jesus says he loved children so much because they are, they are gifts. They are innocent, full of faith, ready to believe the best and all of that. Thank him for them. Thank him for the position God has put you over them. If you're a grandparent, you're a, you're a parent, thank him for them. That's another thing you can thank him for. You know, you can thank him for that under your breath. For your marriage, thank him for that. Praise the Lord. You know, what else can we thank God for? You know, this was very common with Paul. You know, you can thank him for your brethren at church, at your fellowship. You know, the ones standing strong, the ones still growing, both the ones standing strong, the ones still growing in the Lord. Thank God for them. You know, the Bible says, Paul, you're writing to the Thessalonians, it says in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, he says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward, toward each other abounded. So if you see someone growing in the world, is understanding God's word, you can thank God for them too. Praise the Lord. Thank him for thank him for, for his faithfulness in their lives. Praise the Lord. You know, Philippians 1 and 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You know, mean whenever Paul remembers some people, he says he thanks God. I'll read on. He says, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has become a good work in you, you'll perform it until the day of Christ. Praise the Lord. So we thank God for our brethren. You know, in church, people, you know, in church, praise the Lord. What else can you thank him for? You know, thank him for your marriage, for your job, you know, for feeding you. You know, for putting a food on your table. You know, don't think, ah, some of these things are too carnal. Thank him. It's an attitude. In everything, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, at the last of he gave thanks and he broke the bread. 
thank him. You know, um, I just listed a few things, but I'm sure we know a thousand things that, you know, just evidences of God's faithfulness in our lives. Just go ahead in the next few minutes before we close. Just thank God steadfastly. It is your vow to him. It's between you and him. It's not my, it's not about me. Give thanks to him faithfully. Give thanks to him sincerely. Just go ahead and give him thanks. Whatever pops into your mind, just give him thanks. And decide that you have an attitude. You build an attitude, a commitment, constant and continual thanksgiving. Go ahead and pray. 